Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome aboard the National Football Show. Big Seal's in the house. Sports is great. When you have a villain in. Villains are great. Oh, my God. In baseball, a couple years ago, when we had the steroid dudes, and Barry Bonds was floating around all the ballparks, man, it was must-see television. Here came Barry Bonds to the plate. Known juicer. Everyone's hating on him. Filled ballparks. You think baseball owners were crying about Bonds being a juicer when every ballpark was filled when Bonds showed up? Back home at AT AT&T, they made the chickens. They had all the merchandise, right? Fans were going nuts in San Francisco. That's our guy. Sports and a sport is great when you have a villain in it. Bonds was a villain, man. Everywhere he went. Now, the NFL has one. Aaron Rodgers. Seattle versus Green Bay this weekend. Outside of the Broncos and Eagles is really the only other game I know that's being played this weekend. And that includes on Saturday with the college ranks. Why is that, I wonder? Because Aaron Rodgers is now must-see television. The media have done Aaron Rodgers a credit. And you know what that is? They've expanded his brand. They've made him a martyr. They've made him a villain. Man, you can't have better television than that. Network executives bend over backwards for situations like that. Why do you think Donald Trump was must-see television? Half the country loved him. Half the country hated him. 80% of the media... Hated his guts, 20% liked him, tolerated him, because they knew he was great for ratings. That's what Aaron Rodgers has done here. Vaccinations, not vaccinations. Who gives a shit? To me, this is about content. You guys can debate all you want about the stuff in the weeds. I look at Views, clicks, what other media people are looking at. Why do you think during the pandemic it was important to be posting all the cases that were coming up with the coronavirus, then the deaths, the death tolls? Because just like in a hurricane, folks, you're selling fear. They knew doing good stories about, watch this, How many stories did you ever see about nurses and doctors saving lives? Not many. It was all people being shoved 
in an ice cream truck. Remember? They were using refrigerated trucks to put people in. Look at that scene. You didn't see people saving lives. You didn't see our first responders, how important they were showing up to some of these places and saving lives. That's too good a story. That's why what Aaron Rodgers has done for the NFL has been remarkable. Dear God, thank you so much for Aaron Rodgers. And his decision to be an activist, which you are, Aaron. Thank you so much. Because now you're must-see television. And now you control the media Monday through Friday and at times on Saturday before we get to a Sunday game. Thank you, Aaron Rodgers. Thank you. That's what you call polarizing. That's why people will tune on this weekend and make that the most viewed game. Russell Wilson comes back too. Jesus. <laughs> Network executives are going like this. Holy cow. The people at Fox, Eric Shanks, the president of Fox, is going like this. Man, our sports division is killing it. Wow, good for you, man. Every sport needs a villain. All right. Let's go over to a conversation that we've been kind of sparking up since Monday. When we've all come to the conclusion that Jonathan Gannon and his defense has many issues on it, okay? One of the reasons we're getting Bill Romanowski on with us, he'll be at the bottom of the hour, four-time Super Bowl champion, one of the great defenders during his era. Of course, you went for Super Bowls. I mean, that in itself is a resume builder. Guy played on some of the greatest defenses. Romo will join us. He's also a former Eagle. That'll be at the bottom of the hour. We'll talk to him about Jonathan Gannon and why his defense looks so vanilla. Let me ask you something here. As poor as that defense is playing, who do you blame? Do you blame the players? Do you blame Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator? Or do you blame Howie Roseman? One answer applies. I don't want to hear, well, they're all this and that. I want to hear who you think is responsible for that defense and the situation where you have a training wheels defensive coordinator running that unit instead of a veteran guy. Maybe I'm polluting the position that I'm already on. Who do you think is responsible for that team making some of their star players? By the way, your highest paid player on your roster looks common. You know, I actually had a debate at the beginning of the year with Xander. Xander, I'm sorry. We were talking about Aaron Donald versus Fletcher Cox. Fletcher Cox is not even the best defensive lineman on his own team any longer. And he's the highest paid guy. Is that Fletcher Cox? Is that Jonathan Gannon? Or is that Howie Roseman not putting enough people around him? One answer applies. I'm going to give you my spin here in a second here. 
because I had to think about it. Here's, here's my answer. It's all at the feet. It's all at the feet of Howie Roseman. It's all at the feet. You hired Gannon. Surely Gannon in the interview process was telling you what his fundamentals and his beliefs were. Didn't anywhere in that interview process, and how many people did you actually interview? How many people did you actually interview? When you were making this decision, which I'm thinking how he completely has autonomy over the roster and the coaching staff, why would you give a first-year head football coach the ability to hire his own coaching staff when he's never really been a head coach at any level whatsoever? How many assistants does he actually know? By the way, when it comes to Jonathan Gannon, I tried looking his salary up. I think he actually makes $2.5 million. Okay? It's like an undisclosed number for whatever reason. You know what they do when they do that? It's because he's not in the higher echelon, $5 million a year, which is kind of the average for an NFL coach. They cut costs right there at the head coaching position. They weren't trying to hire the best guy. They were trying to hire the best fit within the economic dollar. That's a fact, guys. I blame Howie Roseman. This whole thing is his. The fingerprints are everywhere. The people he brought in from the draft. The coaches he brought in. The coaches he fired. So Jim Swartz is in Tennessee. And Tennessee has one of the best units in the NFL. And he's a consultant. And he's not doing it from Zoom. He's actually in the building in Tennessee with Mike Vrabel. Guys, this defense and this coaching staff within half a year needs to be overhauled. Wow. That's some fire on Doug Peterson. There's something wrong with this look. When we're questioning the coaching, Get this, when we're questioning the coaching, nine games into the season, do you think there's an issue? Nine games in, how about this? Here's the difference. Hey, man, that was an awful, that was an awful game by our players. Dude, you're going to tolerate when the players don't play well. But when you see fuck-ups in play calling, and you see players on defense not understanding what's being asked of them, that's coaching, my friends. People will tolerate it when their team sucks, but the coaching doesn't suck. The defense, screw it, the entire team's positioning, where they are today, is because of one man. Now, before I get to the calls here, I like to say calls because I've been schooled so long like that. Before I get to you guys, remember, like I said, you guys are going to – I see your comments, and we're going to put them all in there. Hey, by the way, if I missed them, just uh, repost them again. And by the way, if you're new to it, what we do is if you join us, you get an opportunity to become part of the program, and I'll read your takes. Um, 
This goes down to one guy here. But see, we're, we're all missing the point. Watch this. Football-wise, how he's failing. Let me ask you guys this question and answer it honestly. He's failing football-wise. Okay? Football-wise. He's failing. Business-wise, he's a rock star. What's more important to the owner of the Eagles? What do you think is more important to the Eagles? On the field success? Or economic success? I don't know about you, but if I owned a business, and whether my players and my employees liked me or not, that's not my number one priority. My number one priority is this, I'm winning at the cash register. And the owner of the Eagles is winning at your expense at the cash register. And his henchman, Howie Roseman, his consigliere, that's what Howie Roseman is now. He's a consigliere. Meyer, what do you think? If I was looking at this, Vito, we're doing very good business-wise. Who gives a shit what the people think? Okay, it's like going to an arcade. You keep putting nickels and quarters into that machine. You keep putting it in there, and you keep playing that, uh, you know, game over and over again. You'll play that game because you know why? You just do what NFL fans are. They're a step up from wrestling fans. Until they have a come to Jesus conversation and going, why am I spending this money when they're not doing it? Meyer Lansky slash Howie Roseman. Okay? This is what I think you should do, Vito. I talked to Carmine the other day. And you know what? Carmine says we're winning. We're making a lot of money. Okay, the booze and the whores are good, but this is a really good, this is a really big win here. Okay, Carmine said that? Carmine said that. Where's Carmine? He's over on Broad Street. Okay. Yeah, you know where he is. He's next to the shoe place. Yeah, next to the guy with the guy. You know who he is. So how many times should I go? I'll go down there. You know, I'll send Howie down there. He'll talk to Meyer Lansky, and then he'll talk to Carmine, and Carmine and him, you know, they'll have a little powwow, and then they'll jettison Fletcher Cox next year. You know, they need two more draft choices. What the hell? We'll be 30, over the, we'll be 30 under the cap anyway. We'll eat some of the contract. I want the draft choices, so I look like a rock star on draft night. <laughs> this whole thing is run like a movie. Oh, wait, I get it now. The owner is involved in Hollywood, right? Oh, man. Holy cow. This is unfixable. The Philadelphia, okay. You want us take? The Philadelphia Eagles are unfixable until Howie Roseman's fired. Stop asking the question. 
You can't be fixed until he's fired. Just like many of you thought when Donald Trump was fired, basically, from the presidency. And you put a guy like Joe Biden into the White House. Well, how's them gas prices? Most expensive Thanksgiving since 1990. Some of you out there have to make decisions on whether or not to heat your house or pay your mortgage. That's quite a GM. (laughs) That's quite a GM. All right, let's get over to some of the takes over here. I already like one of them. Chalk it up, Sports Philly. The Eagles need to go defense with those three draft picks. Amen. Amen, dude. Unless you're getting Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson or Deshaun Watson, and unless you're getting those teams in dialogues, going back and forth, potentially on putting a draft package together to get and land one of those superstar quarterbacks, I'm not going into the draft. Oh, by the way, we're going to play a game a little bit later on. Jalen versus the field. Okay? I put a list of quarterbacks in the teams. Would you take Jalen over their current quarterback? We'll play that a little bit later on. Seth Seth Joyner for defensive coordinator. Ski. That sounds great. I don't care about the name on the front of the door. I care that the guy's a good coordinator. Seth Joyner's not a better coordinator than Wade Phillips. I want somebody like Dan Quinn. I want somebody like that that's going to bring something in here that's going to strike fear into people. I'll tell you this. You guys are going to hate this one. I want someone close to Greg Williams. Sills, wait a minute. Isn't that Bounty Gate? Oh, yeah, it is. Wait a minute. You had a guy in Philadelphia by the name of Buddy Ryan. It was called Toe Tag Game. What else was there? Oh, yeah, the hit jar. What else was there? They had a Bounty Gate. Remember with the Cowboys? Hey, man. Hey, I mean, I want someone with edge like that. Jonathan Gannon. I told you I want my guy's name. Hey, Stacks Calhoun Cilio as your D coordinator. Paul says, ask Romanowski what D players would he pick in the first three rounds. Paul, I don't think he knows that. One of the questions I'm going to ask him is, what is it like to play for a first-year defensive coordinator why isn't there a lot of coverages with disguises to them? What would lead to that when you have a coordinator like that that's really putting some of these players? And what was it like to play for a new coordinator? The body bag game, Paul. That's it. Ski says, I love your answers, dog. I love you being here, dog. Bounty bowl, Carl. 
Where are those days? Oh, we can't. Oh, because we have a snowflake society today. We can't have that. We can't even call. Get this. We can't even call Oklahoma, Texas, the Red River rivalry anymore. I mean, right? We can't even do it. The, the pancake boxes are changed. I mean, right? We can't even, I mean, right? People are kicking statues over. I'm like, you know what's funny? It's funny is I, I, I don't see too many of those statues people have kicked over in poor communities. It's all a bunch of stupid-ass white kids. See, I'm making a difference by tipping Frederick Douglass's or Abraham Lincoln's statue over. What a douche. <laughs> really, man. Yeah, I'm sure you're saving society. Could, does that help me with my gas prices and why they're five bucks a gallon? Thanks, Gavin Newsom. Five bucks a gallon. I'd rather stay home. Oh, no, wait. I have to stay home. Eagles need Romo and Trotter in the draft. That's, hey, man, that's right, Ski. Something like that. Just Mike says you can't even taunt. We'll hit on that too, right? Taunting? Let's not get too excited about playing football. Think about that for a minute. I can't get excited about playing a sport that you have to be excited about playing. Right? So if I make a big hit on someone, I have to do this. Are you okay? Hey, are you okay? Oh, my God. I took... Patrick Mahomes' ear off. Oh, no. Please. Oh, my God. I broke Joe Theismann's leg. Oh, God. You see all the snowflakes in the media will go. See, he was very contrite with that. He was very contrite. Did you see how his emotions got the best of him? Hey, do you think I sold it? <laughs> right? Instead of putting a guy on his head, you stand up when he's still on his bonnet and you go like this to that guy all day, bitch. Can't do that anymore. You should read, you should read Mike Missinelli. Is that how you say his name? The guy over at the Fanatic and some of the things that he wrote about Big Stills. Silio used to stand over his prey and just talk shit to them. Your afternoon host in Philadelphia wrote a book on me. He did. Okay, something like the perfect game or something, I think it's called. <laughs> he did. He wrote a book on Big Sills and Jerome Brown. Silly and Brown were a terror machine. The shit we talked, it was insane. You can't, you can't do that anymore. It's crazy, man. So nowadays, if you hit somebody, you got to do this. I just so hope he's okay. Oh, my God, he needs a cart? <laughs> Back in the day, Big Seals would be like, hey, you better get his mama cart, too, because she's going to faint when she sees what I did to this kid. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, Snowflake. All right. We're going to talk to a guy who kind of thinks like I do. His name is Bill Romanowski. We'll get to your thoughts and his. Next, keep it on the National Football Show.
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder. And it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Mesa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back, National Football Show. Your boy Dan Bill Romanowski to join us. So did you see what the fine was for Aaron Rodgers for breaking protocols for the COVID-19 NFL rules? $14,000. CD Lamb last week got fined $20,000 for having his socks down. I'm not shitting you. He was fined 20 grand for uniform if, uh, issues. See, when, when you're in the league, you get fined if your socks are down or you're not wearing proper gear like cover your knees, hit pads, stuff like that. The ref, they'll put it on a notepad that they carry, and what they'll do is they'll send it to the league office. And if you're not in conformity with what your uniform's supposed to be, you get fined. Like if you wear different color uh, hand pads or something like that, they'll fine you. Back in my day, it was 25 bucks for socks and 50, I think, 50 bucks for your shirt coming out and not being tucked in. And I know those, those things have gone up way big time now. And if you break the violations, the fines go up. And, you know, they start doubling and such. And so CD Lamb was fined $20,000. 
$20,000 for socks being down last week. Aaron Rodgers was fined $14,000 for his COVID violations. I guess walking around like the weight room or going to some Halloween party or something, I guess. $14,000. That translates to his $22.5 million contract, $33.80 to you and me. You think the NFL really cares about COVID-19? <laughs> Do you see the snowflake media too going, oh my God, no suspension. He's not kicked out of the league. I'm going like this. You didn't really think they were going to kick Aaron Rodgers out of the league. The quarterback for the Green Bay Packers, that would be like taking Clint Eastwood out of the starring role of Unforgiven. Great. I'm not going to go. Did you not watch the Packers last week? Sorry. I'm not tuning that bad puppy in. Now I got Aaron Rodgers back. He's a villain. NFL smart, man. Don't you see? They tell you what you want to hear. And they do what they want to do. I can't believe people can't see through this. Give a shit about COVID-19. Care about the players' safety and health? Extra games, Thursday games. No lifetime benefits for the 16,000 NFL guys that are alive that have played in the game over 100 years. Care about the hell? Give a shit about that. I tell you they do. <laughs> Man, believe anything. Honestly, people will believe anything. If you say it enough, I guess people are right. If you say the lie enough, man, people buy into it. Absolutely. Okay, we started the show out by talking a little bit about this Eagles defense. And it, it is. It is right now, in my opinion, all at the heels of Howie Roseman. This is his problem. He created it. These are his players. These are his coaches. These are the decisions that he and the owner have made. Hey, dog, you can't keep firing people, man. Before people start doing what I'm doing now, asking questions. And, and get this, and asking questions on your ability to do what's best to turn the team around. In my opinion, how many people do you think on the starting 22, just a random number, have to be replaced? How many players do you think the Eagles are away? Once again, I'm being a Super Bowl contender. Because quite frankly, if you strive to be the NFC East champions, you'll end up seven and you, you'll end up seven and ten. If you strive for perfection, knowing full well. You'll never get there, but you learn to live with greatness. That's going to be good. All right. I couldn't wait to get my friend Bill Romanowski on, and I couldn't wait to get Bill on this and start asking him some questions here about Aaron Rodgers and, again, also about an inexperienced defensive coordinator in Philadelphia and what we're seeing. We're going to ask Bill some questions playing some defense here. But first and foremost, Bill, appreciate you doing this, man. Nutrition 52, we'll get to that here in a minute. I want to throw this at you, brother. 
Um, Aaron Rodgers, if you were a teammate in that locker room, would you back your teammate? And the second part of that question is, do you think the NFL should have the player's vaccination status public? Um, no, I don't. I don't think they should. Um, I think it's a way of controlling the players. Um, I think it should be their choice. And, um, but if I, I also know if it was me and I had a potential of not being able to play because of getting vaccinated, I'd be vaccinated. So, you know, I can kind of, I kind of see both sides, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, I want to play football and I want to be out on that field. And if it takes a vaccination to do that, that's what I'm going to do. How about this, Bill? Would you back your teammate if they decided to make that call that they wanted to do more research? And would you also maybe play into the factor that, listen, it's one thing to have a defensive tackle have that position. You and I know this. The quarterback position on that team could dictate home field advantage or not having home field advantage. He was seven and one. Yep. So his position is different than me being a defensive tackle and you being a linebacker. I'm not saying we're any less worth on yep. the team, but his value to moving the W and L column, it matters more there. How would you handle that? Backing your teammate or not? Yeah, it's a tough one. I think publicly, I think I would back him because uh, I wouldn't want it to get out there because that story would blow up and spread like wildfire. But wouldn't mind having a talk with him and saying, hey, bud, you're, you're letting us down here. We need you. And, and you know, and let's just say, Hey, I got vaccinated and I did it. And I'm just talking out loud. I did it for the team. And we need you. You know, it's one thing if I don't get vaccinated because we can win, you know, without a linebacker, like you said, without a defensive tackle. But we can't win without you being our quarterback. Bill, let me take you into the Philadelphia Eagles defense now. I had Gary Cobb on with me, and I get Gary Cobb. Gary played a long time in the NFL. Linebacker, he does the pre- and post-game show for Fox 29 in Philadelphia. And we were talking, man, there's one thing about a defense and a brand-new coordinator that's never been a coordinator before. I first want to go here. There's no disguises to it. It's so predictable. They play that loose zone coverage hoping that these guys make the mistakes underneath. There's no press coverage. There's no, there's no camouflaging of your coverages, no banjo two, no nothing. It's just so vanilla. They line up, and we were calling it therapy two defense because every, line, every quarterback that goes against this Eagle defense is putting up historic numbers. Why would that be? Why would a coordinator have it so simplistic like that that they wouldn't really have a lot of disguises or blitzes on their defense. You know, I, you know, I think of 
I think of two things. I think of number one, does he not have the talent? And because of that, he's got to keep it stupid simple. And are they not smart enough to be able to handle a lot of, you know, they motion, you know, they motion into in the slot, they change coverage and things like that. Uh, or you play a coverage based on what formation they give you. You know, with Bud Carson, when I played in Philadelphia, you know, we had blitzed the formation. We had a coverage for a formation and we, we would have, you know, five different options on whatever they came out and lined up at. But those are the two things that kind of stand out to me is maybe he just doesn't have the talent. And a lot of times when you don't have the talent, a lot of times defensive coordinators, what they try to do is put the defense in crazy situations to try to cover every possible play they could get and that can backfire but when you keep it simple danny you gotta have the four guys up front that can kick ass and get to the quarterback bill this is what fletcher's saying and this is what some of the trigger words that you and me would probably pick up when you're hearing a veteran guy talking about and by the way a first year defensive coordinator He's, I got to think, one of the youngest coordinators on defense in the NFL. Not saying he's not qualified. I'm saying I don't know if he's experienced. And this is what you're hearing Fletcher say. You know, yeah, we're a little late on our steps, and we're like, you know, we're, we're getting there. And the reason that they look slow and they're getting knocked off the ball because it's a brand new – it's like learning Portuguese and Japanese all over again. You know when a new system comes in. How hard is that for veteran guys to sit here and go from one thing they did under Doug Peterson and Jim Schwartz to go to some brand new rookie guy? You're sitting there. You're not sure this guy even knows what he's doing, and you're turning Darius Slay and Fletcher Cox into average players. Have you ever been in a situation like that, and do you think that's maybe what these vet guys are thinking? You know what, Dan? I had a stretch where in four years, I had four different defensive coordinators. That's crazy. Four different, completely. I, I went from, you know, Bill McPherson to Bud Carson to Emmett Thomas to Greg Robinson. And wow. from San Francisco to two different coordinators at the Eagles, then leaving there and going to the Broncos. And I kicked ass everywhere I went. But, hey, you know, I was smart enough to understand what each coordinator wanted to get done. And that's what you got to real. A lot of these guys, sometimes they go in and they just memorize their job. Like, you know, you're the Mike linebacker. And the only thing you know is your job on that particular defense versus 
understanding, wait a minute, what is the defensive coordinator trying to get done here? You know, where are we vulnerable? And, you know, why are we calling this play versus this defense? You know, and that's where my mind always went, where I knew, you know, when we made a particular call, I knew it was probably run or pass based on that call. And I knew their tendencies out of every damn formation. So eventually you got to be smart enough to be able to process the information, but then a wild card can hit and they may completely go off the reservoir with a particular call and you got to react and play football. Bill, I'll tell you something, man. I think you just taught me a lesson on maybe why I didn't succeed as much as I should have. Because to me, it sounds like you had a bunch of veteran guys on your team that weren't just worried about their job. They were, they knew what the Mike linebacker did. They knew what the corners were doing. They knew what the safeties were doing. They knew what the philosophy of each and every single guy. Basically, what I'm saying is they learned every single position on that defense and what that defense's um, structure was and what they were trying to accomplish on every single time that you made a call in the huddle to me. So you're saying this, if those Eagle players are fighting back, it's more on them not being more engaged on what's being asked of them. Is that fair? Absolutely. You know, that hey, these guys need to be pros. They need to step up their game. They need to step up their study. Let, talk, talk with him. Say, okay, wh what are you trying to accomplish on when you make these calls? You know, talk me through your mindset. I want to understand, you know, what you're thinking here. And I mean, you know, literally, Dan, I could have lined up at any position. I could have been corner safety, free safety, strong safety, every one of the linebacker positions, every defense, every defensive lineman position. And I would have known what to do. Hey, if I was lining up at nose tackle, I might have got my butt completely destroyed <laughs> on trying to take on a double team, you know. But I would know what to do. I just <laughs> maybe wouldn't be able to do it very well. <laughs> I love that, Bill. couple more questions here for you. So let me get this right with your Broncos. The Broncos diss a guy and put him on the Rams, and then they turn around and beat the shit out of the Cowboys. I mean, Bill, they were dominant in that game. And I said this to um, a couple of friends the other day. I said that game was not competitive. Are, are, are the Broncos, if they get that kind of play from Teddy Bridgewater, I'm not saying that they're AFC champions or anything, but that's a better football team at five and four than what I thought it was going to be because they were dominant against the Cowboys. Have you been surprised? Oh, they, they were, they were so ready to play that game. I give one of your so-called best players and all of a sudden, and I think about if, if I'm Vic and, and I'm talking to my defensive line, and 
getting them fired up, saying, hey, who's taking it? Who's taking Vaughn's spot today? Because who's ever taken his spot, I want you to be better. I want you to be stronger. I want you to be more dominant. And I want you to go out there and kick their ass all over the field. <laughs> you hear me? I want. I don't want to hear another thing about Vaughn Miller ever. Because he is gone. He's not on this team. And you are. And you are for a reason. And I love that. I, I think... I think there was one of those moments, and I don't know if it was in the defensive room or whatever, but I think, and another thing too, is the eye in the sky doesn't lie. (laughs) If Von Miller was kicking butt and dominating, he would still be a Denver Bronco. And they saw an opportunity and you know they parted ways and uh hey i hate to see things like that happen because hey von miller's a human being a great guy he was a great one of the best players in the national football league for a lot of years but he's getting up there and uh you know coming off uh you know a bad injury so a lot of things that uh i wish the best for him I hope he does well with because, uh, you know, I also want to see my Broncos, you know, continuing to kick ass like they did. Okay, I got a final question, and this is from the people they asked me to ask you. Did you enjoy playing with the 49ers Joe Montana team or the John Elway Bronco teams when you won those Super Bowls? If I had to say what was the most talented team i would say the 49ers but the best team the best group of guys guys that hung out together week in and week out and gave it up for one another it was the denver broncos and john elway and uh you know john was just one of us you know, and we, you know, went out all the time, had a lot of fun together, and it was the greatest group of guys I've ever played with. I, I have to leave you just with one thought. It just came to my mind. So, like, did you ever get into the ass of Mike Ruth at all at Boston College? Did you ever have to kick his ass ever? <laughs> did you have to give him a little every now? Because Mike's one of the most – Silent guys, he's not a real vocal type of dude. I mean, did, did you have to give him a kick? You know, the guy was an Outlet Trophy winner, all that, you know? Hey, you know what? Mike <laughs> did, hey, Mike, Mike did his talking in the weight room and out on the football field. When you walk into the weight room and you see him put 600 pounds on the bench press, and you see that bar bending, and you see him rep 600 pounds, you're like, okay, he's a stud. I ain't messing with him. (laughs) Bill, thank you, brother. I appreciate you always doing this, man. Thank you, dude. You got it. All right, it's my man, Bill Romanowski. We'll take a quick timeout. Back to you guys. Keep it right here on the National Football Show. 
At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city, and every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery, business manager of Equal 98, says it this way, the best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show, Big Sills. Done. By the way, top of the hour. Jalen versus the field. I'm going to need your help, okay? I'll explain more when we get to the top of the hour. Jalen versus the field. Aaron Rodgers fined less than dudes that got fined for having her socks down. Oh, my God. You see how outraged people are, too? Like, what did you... Like, Howard Stern, kick him out of the league. Now, look, if you want to talk about Dalvin Cook beating his girlfriend up and putting marks on her like that, that's the most cowardly thing a man could do is put his hands on a woman. You want to talk about throwing that guy out of the league? I'm in. Got to stand for something. See, the NFL doesn't stand for anything. They tolerate everything. NFL tolerates everything. You know, it's the only job on the planet where you could beat your wife and still get a job the next day. Or you can kick a woman coming off an elevator like Kareem Hunt and get a raise going to the Browns. Or taking a switch and beating your infant kid's genitals till he bleeds and revered as one of the greatest running backs of all time, and still get a job 
like Adrian Peterson did. You're pissed off at Aaron Rodgers for maybe misleading people on what he was telling the media, and you're not outraged by that? Beating women? I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers at all when you put it up against real-life issues like Dalvin Cook. Punching a woman in the face? I told my wife this numerous times, and believe me, I've gotten under her skin a thousand times. My wife could hit me with a fucking shovel, and I would never raise my hands. The damage I would do compared to that, not worth it to me. I've never disciplined my daughter. I'm surely not going to have somebody put their hands on my kid. Or how about this one? I'm the only man that's ever hit my daughter would be her father. No fucking way. No way. No way. If I don't hit her, I'll kill you. You ever did that to my daughter, what I saw Dalvin Cook do to that woman, I would beat that guy's ass to death. And get this, I wouldn't think 10 times about what you thought of me. Uh, that got to have something you stand for, guys. If I was a head coach, can't beat women. You can't beat the elderly. You can't mistreat animals. Anything else goes. I'm not asking you to be a choir boy. I'm just asking you to be a good dude. The right things. Man. Can it be that hard? I guess sometimes the most simplistic things are the most difficult things to do in life. Just saying, man. Reed, Big Ben, I think he's a piece of shit. You put your hands on a woman. I don't care what she did. I don't care what she did. I don't care if she punches you square in the head. Seriously, you're an NFL guy. Come on, man. Ray Lewis? I know. You know, you, know, you know what's funny? Hey, that's a great question, Lane. Lane Fame TV. Ray Lewis. Interesting you would say that. I get asked that question all the time by my daughter, Lane. Hey, Dad, I hear you kicking the shit out of people on your broadcasts all the time. But then when it comes to Michael Irvin or your Miami guys, you're always there to defend. It's true. I have a personal relationship with Ray Lewis. It's fair to say that I'm very good friends with Michael Irvin. Have they had issues? Absolutely. Do I tolerate their behavior, Warren Sapp and all? By the way, one of the reasons Warren Sapp and I, we're kind of friends. Okay? We've gone back and forth, and it's funny because Sap knows how I feel deep down, okay? Doesn't treat people very well, and it's always been a problem, and that's why he's out of work when it comes to broadcasting, okay? It's how he treats folks, and I get this call all the time about him. Hey, this guy's just really, and I, and I, and I know it's conflict for me because we're all these Kane's brothers, okay? I booked him a couple times, and 
You know, he just kind of flakes because he knows I'm going to ask him questions because I got to keep my integrity. I can't be telling you guys one thing and doing another. Okay. Or if I am going to do something else, I got to admit my failure or I'm wrong. So before I do anything like that, I've always got to admit, but it's a, it, it's, it's a fair question, lame. I get asked that all the time because, yes, I'm very close with the Miami guys. And they mean a lot to me. And it's always at times a conflict on how deep I go into something like that when some of these charges against Sapp and Michael Irvin, we just had a murder case. Brian Potter was just, it found out that one of the kids that was on the team ended up murdering Brian Potter, who was a University of Miami guy. Someone asked me how I felt about the cane that killed him. Uh, you know, man, I'm like, you know, you can't kill your brother, man. You can't kill your brother. You know, it's, it, it's, it's a tough question. It is. But I have to be loyal to my daughter, not to my teammates on that one. My daughter's my blood. I have to always remain loyal to her. And I want her to always see me in the right light. So to answer your question, I would always defend my daughter and how she sees me as her protector and provider. My testament is not this show. My testament is not anything I've ever accomplished. My testament is my daughter. I will be gauged when I see God on how I raised my kid and how I conducted myself as a husband. I've never hit a woman, nor would I ever. I've been there for my daughter from day one. That's all I am striving to do. I've had failures and successes. That I'm trying to work on the most. And again, this isn't a sanctimonious speech here or anything, but I think you got to stand for something in a locker room. I think your question is great, Lame, actually, because it makes you think about things that are more important to you than sometimes the people that are around you. Because you always have to be loyal to the most important people, and that's the people that are in your house and your family. It's just, it, it's, you know, you have to be a person that stands for something. Guys, I know, you know, it's funny. Xander said something to me yesterday about something, and he's like, you know, Sills, you know, all the things that people say about you on the internet, you know, I've been working with you for months now, man. I, I, I don't get it. It's not important. My relationship with Xander's important. My relationship with Big Joe's important. It's how they see me. That's why I never take the word of another person on anything. Do your own homework. Think for yourself. The people that end up on the fields in life, like football fields, baseball fields, they're self-thinkers. And the people that are in the stands, you ever wonder why there's more people in the stands than there are on the field? You got to stand for yourself, man, your family, your integrity, your colors. My colors are the University of Miami, but my number one colors are my family's colors. That's how I see life. It's simple maybe, but I don't know. It just seems so simple at times. So when I see these folks making all these crazy statements, Aaron Rodgers should be thrown out. What about Dalvin Cook? How come the media is not 
screaming today that Dalvin Cook, the Minnesota Vikings running back, should be thrown out of the league for beating a woman up. They're still going after Aaron Rodgers today. Let's switch out of that. When we come back out of the timeout, Jalen Hurts versus the field. I'll explain. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Metson Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Doctor. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. Our two national football shows. Man, that was a fast first hour, huh? We're going to do Jalen versus the field here in a second. You guys have really brought some great spins in here today. Just Mike said, Ray Rice made his amends, married her, and is a good family man, and is 
an advocate now for stopping domestic violence. Watch this, Mike. I'm a Ray Rice fan now. I love the guy. I love the guy. Never went back to the game. And the only game he worked on was being a good man. Like you said, Mike, he married her. They have a family. The National Football League hires him. Put a symposium. The rookies. On what not to do. He's revered in Baltimore. One horrific moment ruined a legacy. Ray Rice is considered one of the greatest Ravens of all time. One of the greatest Ravens. Greatest Raven. Bad moment. Made amends for it. Eastside Monster says something here. I want, and by the way, Eastside, you're awesome for saying it, but I want to show you something here. Dan Sill dropping some chicken soup for being a stand-up dude. Love it and respect, brother. You know what, Eastside? Let me say this to you, brother. That's like thanking me for not robbing a bank. I thought that was expected of you. When you have to thank people in our society today for doing things that are expected, we got problems. We got problems, dude. Hey, congratulations, man. Thank you very much for not stealing anything that Target. Hey, thanks for not vandalizing that public facility. Thanks for not burning down that church. <laughs> well, where are we going here? Am I right when I say that? Eastside, no, no. Hey, man, I get you and me, and I appreciate Hey, by the way, Eastside reminds me. Guys, do me a favor. We are annihilating the like button here, and I so appreciate when you guys do that. Okay, please hit it for me, man. Uh, share the show a little bit later on. If you missed the first hour, we had Bill Romanowski in. He was fabulous. So if you can, please bang on that bitch right now. We thank you so much here. I think it's probably the only place in broadcasting where you can say this, bang on that bitch, and it mean hit the like button, okay? Because, you know, we always have to throw that line out there because you'll get some snowflake going, Cilio said, beat on a bitch. And you're like, no. Yeah, okay. I yeah, yeah. Funny. And I'll leave it here. I feel like I'm on the stand answering dumbass questions. There, good night. <laughs> All right. Let's get into uh let, 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 let's get into Jalen versus the field. This is how we're gonna play this. Look, Big Seals actually did even more homework here. Okay. I am going to ask you guys. No, 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 no. East side. It's all good. <laughs> hey, man. Hey. I'm going to ask you if you would take Jalen Hurts over the current quarterback that's in a particular organization now. You're a guy in Philly. Then we're going to add it up at the end, okay? And we're going to see versus the veterans. This is not just versus the um, young players. This is versus everybody. And you know what? I may actually take 
Brady off this list because you know why? How many years are we looking at with Brady? One? So I'm going to take that off. I'm going to take Tom Brady off that list because the Buccaneers are going to be in search of a quarterback here in a couple of years. They may have him already on the roster with Kyle Pitts. Or excuse me, I think that's the kids. No, Kyle Pitts is the tight end in Atlanta. Kyle Trask is who I'm thinking of, the quarterback for um, the Gators. And they took him, I think, and Ron, if I'm not mistaken. Are you guys ready? Mike says we have no idea, okay? We have no idea what his ceiling is. Well, I'm sure you don't have the idea what the ceiling of Zach Wilson is either, do you? Thank you, Smile. Let's start in the AFC. Would you take, and we'll go to the East, would you take Jalen over Josh Allen? No. Would you take, here's a question, would you take Jalen Hurts over Mac Jones? Would I take Jalen Hurts over Mac Jones? I hear a lot of people say that Mac Jones doesn't really have a gigantic ceiling. Jermaine says toss-up. Matt Hatter says yes. Mike and Smile and Jeff say no. Can we do this? Can we say push? Derek says no. Let's go push here. Jets. Zach Wilson or Jalen Hurts? Who would you take? I'm taking Jalen Hurts. You can keep Zach Wilson. I don't think shit of him. Mike says, I don't know. Zach Wilson, I think the... Team is better with Mike White throwing the ball. The Jets improved when he sat down. He's a turnover machine. Guy couldn't beat Coastal Carolina in Utah in college. Let's see. Rico, Hurts, Matt, Jalen. Wilson will be another Jets bust. Matt, I I agree with you. Hurts over Wilson. So there you go. Isn't this funny? Another Alabama quarterback. Would you take Jalen Hurts or Tua Tugaviola? I'm taking Jalen Hurts. So two of the four teams in the AFC East, I would take Jalen Hurts over the starting quarterbacks and the future quarterbacks of both the Jets and the Dolphins. Okay? And we got a push on Mac Jones. So in theory, if Jalen played in the AFC East, he'd be the second best quarterback in that division. Let's move over to the AFC North. Would you take him over Lamar? Absolutely not. 
Would you take Jalen Hurts over Ben Roethlisberger? I would. Today's Ben? Today's Ben Roethlisberger. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Ben Roethlisberger? I would. Okay? I would. Carl says yes. Smile says no. Eastside Monster says Jalen. 215 says definitely. East Candom, yes. Okay? We're in agreement. Imagine that. Jalen Hurts over Ben Roethlisberger. That's right, Lou. Lou got it right. Hurts over old big Ben. Cheaper and makes plays. Derek says no. Okay. Here's another tough one. Jalen Hurts over Baker Mayfield. Who would you take? I don't think shit of Baker Mayfield. I think he is a little bit more accurate than what Jalen is. But all of the other intangibles and a higher ceiling, I personally think Jalen would be a better quarterback in Cleveland than what Baker Mayfield is right now. I'm taking... I actually wrote down push, but I've just convinced myself. I would take... Jalen Hurts over Baker Mayfield. Okay? Bengals. I'm not taking Jalen Hurts over. Steve says no comment. I like it, Steve. Okay, I like it. Must be a Joe Biden fan. (laughs) I kid, I kid, I kid. Bengals. Joe Burrow, not, not in your life. I'm taking Joe Burrow. So, of the four teams... In the North, Jalen Hurts is better than he'd be the third best quarterback in a division with Lamar and Joe Burrow. Okay? So four teams, he's already better than in the NFL out of the 32. And I'm just getting to the South. Wolves, thank you for coming aboard, brother. Please hit the like button for us. Thank you, my friend. And what we're doing here, since people are coming in, I better reset. Jalen versus the field is what I'm doing. It's been pretty interesting so far. Do we not agree? Let's get to the south. we got two more divisions to get to and another conference. Hang on here now. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Ryan Tannehill. That's a tricky question because I'll tell you why. Ryan Tannehill has not been asked to lead that team. Okay, 22 is the bell cow on that team, Derrick Henry. He was trash in Miami when asked to lead the team. So what Ryan Tannehill are we getting? Jeremiah says, toss-up. Kevin says they are similar. Interesting comparison. East Camden, both. Hmm. So what do we put a push there? Because I'm with you. I can't. 
Wolf, I, I'm, I'm with, I can't, I can't pick because I think they're both functional in what they do. And can you imagine Jalen on a better team? Here's going to be the ultimate test. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Carson Wentz? No, I would not. Carson Wentz is a better player. Here's the difference, though, between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts. Jalen doesn't make those gargantuan fuck-ups. I mean, he just doesn't. He doesn't make the spectacular play, but he doesn't make those monster F-ups like like Carson Wentz does. Carson can go five straight games, 200 attempts in passing, look great, and have the worst eight minutes of pro football history ever put on tape. Jeff, that's a factor too, fragile. But I'm I'm gonna take I'm gonna take Wentz. Would you take Jalen over Trevor Lawrence? No, I would not. Would you take Jalen over Tyrod Taylor? I would. So now. There's six teams so far in the AFC that Jalen Hurts that we would take and we see more potential in. Six teams. Okay? Six teams he's better than so far. Six out of 12. Think of where we are right now. Last, the West. This is going to be a tough call here because he's not going to really get too many jobs here. You're not going to take him. Over Herbert, you're not. You're not going to take him over Carr. You're not going to take him over Mahomes. Would you take him over Teddy Bridgewater? I think that's a push. Is that fair? I think Teddy's a good player. So I'm going to put push here. So, in the AFC, he's better than six teams. You know what? I'm going to go with Kevin. Seven teams he's better than, because I would take him over Bridgewater. Dev, I'm with you. Jeff, push. I'm, I'm close. Push on Bridgewater. Steve says he's too inconsistent. I think because we're all in that conversation right there, I think we'd better put it back to push. I do. Let's keep it at six. Let's be fair because we're trying to be fair in an evaluation here. Okay? We're trying. We're not trying to make a point to, like, you know, these guys that come on and they're trying to – because I'm just trying to get to a point. I'm not trying to hammer a point. I don't even know what it is yet. But I think I'm looking pretty good right here on where I think my take is going to be at the end of this exercise. Okay? Wolf, he does have a strong arm. He does have a strong arm. So, get this. In the AFC East, he is the he's the third best he's the third best quarterback in that division. Or I would say this, he's the second best, tied with Mac Jones and Josh Allen being number one. So he's number two in the AFC East. In the AFC North, he would be 
the third best quarterback behind Lamar and Joe Burrow. Pretty good players right there. In the AFC South, he would be the third best. Okay? He'd be the third best. And in the West, that's a pretty good division. He'd be the last guy, but we're talking about Derek Carr, Justin Herbert, and Patrick Mahomes. Okay? I mean, I'm all right being fourth behind that. If I'm the fourth best quarterback in that division and I'm winning games, I'm okay with that. I mean, just look at that division right now today, even with Bridgewater in there. Herbert, Carr, Mahomes, Bridgewater, that's a pretty decent division. You you better have your chin strap on for every one of these ball games because any one of these teams can end up winning this division by the end of the year. We still got a boatload of games to play. Okay? Still a boatload of games. So, six teams out of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Only eight other teams, because some teams had pushes. Okay? You would have another quarterback over Jalen Hurts in the AFC. So, the way I look at it, he'd be a top 13 quarterback. I don't know. Guys only had 11 starts. Let's do this now. We'll do the we'll do the NFC next. That kind of tells me a little bit. We're being so critical of Jalen Hurts here, and yet when you make the conversation about all the other teams that are also asking the same questions that we're asking, they're probably saying this. I'd take Jalen Hurts in Philly over my guy, Baker Mayfield, in Cleveland. We'll take a timeout. We'll get over to the NFC. You keep it right here on the National Football Show. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. 
call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messa and Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery, business manager of Local 98, says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Welcome back. National Football Show, your boy, Dan Silva. Aaron Rodgers is my hero. That guy's the heavyweight champion of getting under your skin. He is, man. He, I, I love people like that. That you have to lean forward a little bit. It piss you off. You, you, you know what I heard? I, I heard Skip Bayless today, and I heard Shannon go, listen to this. Listen to this. And, 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 and by the way, you see Beckham wants to play for him. He prioritized where he wanted to land. He said, I'd really like to play in Green Bay. What? You want to play in Green Bay? I thought Aaron Rodgers was horrible. But you know what those two guys, and I'm paraphrasing here, you know what they were saying? Well, I think everybody now knows he's arrogant, Okay. We, everyone knows now he's an asshole. Oh, okay. Um, well, we all knew who he was. Who cares? I'm not having dinner with him, nor is he dating my daughter. Well, you see, you know, he, he's just not a friendly guy with everybody. I don't care. He's 7-1, and one, and he's won 33 of 40 games in the regular season. What are you talking about? Whether or not a guy is friendly with you or friendly with the media. Can I please tell you why the media hates Aaron Rodgers? Why do you think everyone hates Aaron Rodgers? Why do you, why do you think everyone does? I'll, I'll get back. To, and I'm going to do the NFC here. Jalen versus the f- field here in a second. Because he's got fuck you money. He's got fuck you money. Hey, Eastside Monster, Diva, he's got fuck you money. He don't need you. He don't need the media. And he handpicks like Jordan did. Remember who Jordan would only do interviews with? Ahmad Rashad. Brady's got that too, right? Jim Gray. Jim Gray, right? So these guys have all their dudes. Aaron has Pat McAfee. 
Did you see what they did today? They told Colin Coward not to play the video on his show. <laughs> it only gets better, man. Dear God, thank you for the content of Aaron Rodgers. I want to just thank you very much, not just about the game, but to really the just absolute idiotic people that are just so upset with this. It's wonderful. How are you not laughing at people who are saying some of these things? What do you give a shit what Aaron Rodgers thinks politically, religiously, or anything? What do you care? I had a guy, get this, I had an actual media guy. I won't say who he is. I had him DM me. So you really would really would put your, your teammates in harm's way when it came to vaccinations? I went like this. I would support my teammate any way he wants me to support him. Whether he's gay, a Jew, a Catholic, Republican, Democrat, however he wants me to support him, I will. And are you under some um, notion that the Packers didn't know that he wasn't vaccinated? Of course they all knew. Of course they all knew. So did the Packers. I haven't heard one teammate bitch about it yet. And if they're okay with it, I'm okay with it. It's just stupid, man. Well, he's arrogant. Okay. So am I. So are many of you. Oh. All right, let's get back over here. That's a pretty good little test in the first part of this here, right? The fine they gave him equals about 33 bucks. Yeah. That's right, Jeff. It came out to his $22.5 million salary came out to $33.80 to be exact. Eastside says they always go to the extreme. You would let him, hey, you would let him be with your daughter. Hey, I don't have a problem with Aaron Rodgers dating my daughter. Aaron Rodgers has not done anything disrespectful to women. I have not heard him do any of that. Absolutely, I would have no problem with that. Zero problem. I'd let Dak Prescott date my daughter. Dak Prescott is a face of a franchise. He knows how to conduct himself. I think Dak is spectacular. I'd let Jalen Hurts date my daughter. Are you kidding me? I have no problem with that. I look for character. And when you're going to be with my daughter, you better have character. Okay? You know, I'm only friends with one of my daughter's uh, boyfriend kind of guys. And his name is Johnny. You know why? Because when my daughter... When she broke her shoulder, when she was playing rugby, he carried her books until her shoulder got better. And this is when she was a freshman in high school. And I've never forgotten that. And so he's like the only guy. I tease her. I go, Johnny who? She's like, Dad. So she gets ticked off at me, but Oh, yeah. Hey, Dad, this is my friend Bill. And I'm like, Bill who? She's like, Dad, I told you about him. Please don't embarrass me. Bill who? That, <laughs> oh, man, it's terrible. Like, the guy will walk in the room. He goes, hey, Mr. Silly. I go, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, sure, all right. It's all right, yeah, okay. Yeah. Hey, Mr. Cilio, is that a gun rack that's in your um, game room? Yes, that's a gun rack. 
what kind of gun usually sits on it? Well, that's for you to find out. How you doing? <laughs> Jeff, she's doing very well. Thank you so much. We're waiting word. That's a big deal uh, going to that tryout. It surely was. All right, let's get over to the NFC. So, like, that's not a bad little place that Jalen would be in the AFC. And <laughs> thank you, Hungry. Hey, thank, thank you, Philip. Uh, Philip, what is Philip? Does Gannon have the guts to run a forty-three? Hey, I've got to finish this because I promised that I would do Jalen versus the field. But Philip, I'll I'll go back to what Bill Romanowski said about why we're not seeing disguise coverages. Okay, with Jonathan Gannon's defense, I'll get into that. Let's do the NFC here. And what I'm doing here is, would you take your Eagle quarterback over the current guy that's sitting in the starter spot right now on these particular teams? NFC. Um, thanks, Kev, for coming aboard. Please make sure you guys hit the like button. Would you take Jalen over Dak? No, I would not. Would you take Jalen over Daniel Jones? Absolutely. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Heineke? I think that's how you say his name. Absolutely. So in the NFC East right now, Jalen's the second best quarterback. No way, smile. Am I taking Jones over Jalen? No way, Jermaine. I don't think it's that close. No way. I do not think it's that close with that guy, Daniel Jones. Ski, I'm with all you. I, I do not think that's close. Okay, so if we go over to the other page, eight teams in the NFL now. He's better than out of the 32. Would you take Jalen over Rodgers? No. Would you take Jalen over Kirk Cousins? Hey, Kirk Cousins put some nice years up. Guys, would you take Cousins or would you take Jalen? Cousins or Jalen? Really? 50-50. Possible. Yeah, push. That's got to be a push. It's got to be a push. Got to be. Carl says Jalen. Cousins. Oh, man, I think it's close. Let's move on here. This is going to – you're going to hear something from me, and this is kind of the stuff I talk about when I say I'm wrong. You know, I'm starting to think that Justin Fields is being destroyed by the Chicago Bears like they do every quarterback, like in New York with the Jets. Justin Fields playing behind the worst offensive line in the NFL right now. He's got no weapons whatsoever. Man, they have no running game. I thought he played pretty decent in the second half of that game against the Steelers. But man, now, would you take Jalen over Justin Fields? 
Who would you take in this one? I think you got to look at this like this. Who do you believe has the most upside? Because don't you think these two guys here kind of play the same game? Right? They kind of play the same. Justin Fields and Jalen Hurts are kind of the same guy. East Candom says 50-50. I think they're the... I think they're the same guy. Philip says they're both in bad situations. So why don't we call that a push then? Right? That's pretty remarkable. This guy's one of the top. This guy's one of the... Yeah, but 215, how can you tell he's on his back to you all, all the time? Jermaine, I think it is a push too. So get this. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Jared Goff? Absolutely. So in the division, he would be the second best quarterback in the NFC North. No way, Lou. Jared Goff to me is garbage. That dude's garbage. He has really spotty moments, but they're far and few between. No way. I take him. So now we have Nine teams with a bunch of pushes. I'm going to tell you how this number's going to look. Let's go to the south, and I'm going to take Brady off this because if you're really thinking about it, the Buccaneers are going to need a quarterback. I'm not saying you take him today over Tom Brady because you never would. Brady's playing great football. You just don't know how long he's going to be. Okay? You just don't. 44 years of age. Check down golf. That's right, Philip. So I'm taking... Brady's a weird thing. I got to take that 44-year-old quarterback. Normally, you'd say, of course you'd take the younger guy. They did draft Kyle Trask. Wing, wing they did. They did. And I wouldn't take uh, Kyle Trask over Jalen. So let's go here. Would you take Jalen Hurts over Trevor Simeon, Jameis Winston, or Tyson Hill. All those guys. Jeff, <laughs> right. Brady's immortal. I don't know, man. That guy's never going to retire. I would take Jalen Hurts over any one of those guys that Sean Payton has in the building. So now there's 10 teams that he'd be better than anything you have right now. And, and I think Mr. Wing has it right there, Lou. Winston is a poor decision maker. Whereas Jalen's not going to have those Carson Wentz, Jameis Winston moments. He's not going to... Here's something that Jimmy Johnson will always tell you. It's not about the great plays you make. It's about the plays that you don't make when it comes to mistakes. He wants guys making no mistakes. You do that, everyone does it, you'll win. And here's the thing that gets me the most. And wait a minute, Mad Hatter. Yeah, no, you're right. And by the way, here's something else. When I hear people say this, well, he's got a stronger arm and he's faster. That has nothing to do with the quarterback position. Tom Brady and Peyton Manning had no arms and no athleticism. And they're two of the greatest of the top five quarterbacks in the history of the sport. Brian says, I don't know, take Mac Jones over Hurts. 
I think they got I, I think there's more of a ceiling with Jalen. I will not take by the way, you know what I'm gonna throw this at you guys? Don't go to sleep on Matt Ryan being an eagle. Don't tell anybody. But Matt Ryan, he's not going to be $68 million next year on the Falcons' books. That thing's going to come down to 30 And you get to prorate it out because of the new collective bargaining agreement, which means the Falcons could put some of that dead money out and not have that thing kill their cap as much. I'd be all right with Matt Ryan quarterback in the Eagles. Guy's good, man. They're five and four. They got the Cowboys this week. They're going to give Dallas a game. I like what they're doing, man. Kyle Pitts is fitting in. I don't know, man. That's I'd be all right with Matt Ryan. Don't tell too many people because get this, Matt Ryan. You know they were thinking of moving him. The Falcons were thinking of moving him, but it was a sixty-eight million dollars salary cap hit. They couldn't do it. They could do it this year. Prorate that money out a little more. But I'm not taking him over that. Would you take Jalen over um, Sam Darnold all night long? So there's 11 teams. Now we get to the last division. Would you take him over Murray? No. By the way, I hate to do this to you guys, but every quarterback in the West in the NFC, you're not taking him over. So... You're not taking them over Murray. You're not taking them over Stafford. You're not taking them over Wilson. Now, wait a minute. Would you take him over Garoppolo? Would you take him over Jimmy Garoppolo? Is that a push? Hmm. You would. Let's say for all intent purposes, because of injuries, I take them. So 12. 12 teams. Six in the AFC. Six in the NFC. How many pushes? Okay. One, two, three. Okay. That's three off the 32. And there's another four or seven. So with teams that we don't think that you wouldn't want to change, and it's it's a battle. Figure this out here. Out of 27 teams in the NFL, okay, Jalen Hurts is better than 12 of those teams. Almost half the league. He's better than half the league. You want to make a quarterback change? Now, like I said, you put the draft choices around him and you make that team look like Tennessee or Cleveland. Jermaine, think of this. 12 of 27 teams, and I use the other ones as pushes. Okay, that you wouldn't. So 12 of the 27, half the league. He's a better quarterback than what you have right now. 
And if he keeps trending the way he is, 900 yards rushing, 3,700 yards passing, 62 completion percentage, 92 quarterback rating, 20 touchdown to seven interception ratio, five more touchdowns rushing, 25 touchdowns total, over 300 completions. I don't know what you want here. This is in his second. This is like, you know, in the second half of the season, it's going to be really important that we sit here and have this objective look at him. Jeff, I take Matt Ryan all day long, too. Hey, smile. Cousins, Cousins is a good football player. He's put up some big numbers. He really has. All right. Bill Romanowski said something in the first hour about why the defense is struggling. And I want to throw this at you. I think Bill's blaming the Eagle players and not Jonathan Gannon. You be the judge. We'll do it next. You keep it here on the National Football Show. Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass, free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. So good, it just disappears. When it comes to the fight against insurance companies, large corporations, and the healthcare industry, injured victims are always the underdog. But that doesn't worry us. At Messon Associates, we're an injury law firm from Philadelphia, and we come to fight. Our clients know that they've got representation with a chip on its shoulder, and it's the same chip that makes Philly the toughest city in the country. Call 215-568-3500 or visit us online at messalaw.com. Messon Associates, the toughest injury firm in Philadelphia. Basketball is part of how we grew up in this city. And every morning, IBEW Local 98 members take their best shot building this city, rescuing our community from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are, like the Hawks who will never die. Local 98 members love tradition. John Dockery. Business manager of Local 98 says it this way. The best way not to forget where you come from is to never leave. Go for the midnight tears. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that.
Welcome back. National Football Show, Big Sills. Hey, by the way, please, guys, make sure you hit that like button. Thank you so much, you guys, for just helping out so much, man. I can't tell you how I appreciate it. By the way, also, if you could follow me over on my Twitter page, at Dan Celio Show, I'd so appreciate it, too, because we post all the videos that the great folks at Jacob Media cut up. You know, they'll cut some segments up. We'll mention your name many times in those particular segments. So we'll be throwing your spin out. Hey, and for the record, guys, I want to tell you this. And I mean this with all sincerity. Big Seals doesn't lie, man. That's probably one of the problems that I have in my broadcasting career. Okay, is that I'm not a good liar. I'm horrible at it. Is that I talk to you guys more than I talk to anybody in any of my broadcasting platforms. And I've probably talked to you guys more, I would say, than anybody I've spoken to over the last seven years. When I was at the Mighty 1090 in San Diego, that's Wolfman Jack's old station. By the way, I had higher ratings than him. In the history of that station, too. That's the one that was on American Graffiti. I had higher ratings in Morning Drive than he did. We were like second in the market. 2554 men. English. <laughs> uh, it's just a power flamethrower, though. But I talk to you guys more than I talk to anybody that I've talked to in the last seven years. So I appreciate everybody doing this here. Thank you again. Please hit that button. And maybe a little bit later on, if you missed any of the show, you could share it with somebody because it's really – get this. I got Mark Cuban watching it. Okay, Mark Cuban's watching my show, which is crazy great. Gary Cobb and all the folks at Fox 29 in Philly watch it. It's great. All right. Um, Bill Romanowski said something in the first hour about Jonathan Gannon. And I brought this up because Gary Cobb and I brought this up on Monday. Why are the guys struggling with the defensive calls, and why is it so that the players are playing in a defense with no disguises whatsoever? Do you know what? Do you do you know what uh, Bill Romanowski said? He said that the players on the Eagles haven't done their homework. Bill, in essence, blamed the players for the defensive ills of 2021. He's like, Dan, do you know I had four different coordinators in four years? Remember, Bill won four Super Bowls. Okay? Okay, just remember that. Okay, he won four Super Bowls. And he said that the equal players aren't doing their homework. He goes, they're just memorizing their position. Which means if you're Fletcher Cox, you're worried about your DT position. You're not worried about what the guy next to you does in a particular scheme or in a particular defense and what they're trying to do as a scheme. He says when he played in the NFL, he could line up at nose guard. He could line up at defensive end. He could line up at free and strong safety. Left corner, right corner. He knew every single particular technique that that defense was trying to 
perform when they were out there on the field. He basically said, well, the Eagle players haven't bought in to Jonathan Gannon. And there's your prime example of it. Folks, the players are speaking to you, and no one in the media heard it until right now. The players are telling you they don't like the scheme. They're not doing their homework. They're just covering their own ass. They think it's a super stupid system. That's why they're not doing their extra homework. Okay? Scott, thank you. $21 million, dude. Under the salary cap, and you hire a $2.5 million coach. But think of that, guys. The defensive players on the Philadelphia Eagles, the reason Jonathan Gannon doesn't disguise is because the players don't really know what they're doing. And that's on them doing their homework, according to Bill Romanowski. 49er minded. Yes, he was. He was on in the first hour. Please watch it a little bit later. Scott, believe this. Think about that. Players are basically looking at Jonathan Gannon going, fuck that. I'm not, I'm not doing any more homework in this defense. It's a chicken shit defense. That's why Darius Slay looks bad. That's why your defensive tackles are getting knocked off the ball. They're only worried about their own job. Tom Brady knows every single position on his offensive huddle. And Tom Brady knows every single defensive technique. He studies all 22 positions, including his quarterback position. Mr. Wink says, Dan, defensive players want to be aggressive, not play zone all day. Wing, you can play zone all day, but you have to show a little bit of disguising. These, these defensive guys, they don't want to do any homework. So Gannon is simplified it. Like Bill said, he's dummied it up for him. It's also exposing guys and making guys look poor because you know why? You're tipping off your defenses because it's predictable because you're not disguising, and that's why everybody looks slow as shit out there. It makes total sense now. It totally makes sense. The reason the Eagles look like they're slow at times is because Gannon puts them in a position that becomes predictable and you're tipping off your defenses. And that's why these quarterbacks are coming to the line of scrimmage and having career days against them. Eastside, it's tough to be a dog when you don't know what you're doing. You're running in circles, chasing your tail. That's what happens. That's clearly what's happened here. I subscribe to that, what Bill's saying. Yeah, man, you got to know what your DT's doing. If he's in a three technique and you're in a one technique and you don't know what the hell he's trying to accomplish with keeping outside integrity on your outside shoulder and you're trying to keep everything in a flow and making sure those linebackers don't get slipped and scooped on 
and you're trying to hit and control that one gap and you can't because he got front side, head side on you. Guys, that's on the players not buying in. Dan, did you ever have to change up what you were good doing for a new defensive coordinator? Jeff? Think of this. Hey, Jeff, I was playing a one technique at the University of Miami with Jimmy Johnson. I got up the field. Get this. Jeff, I made 100 tackles my last year at Miami, my junior year, at 100 tackles. No defensive tackle to this day has had that many tackles at the University of Miami except me. 100 tackles. Tackles for losses. I led, the, I led college football in tackles for losses that year. I had an All-American season. I was All-American that year. I got to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They put me in a two technique. I didn't even know what the fuck a two technique was. Then they told me to play nose guard. I had never played nose guard in my life. And when I started, I didn't even know the technique you were supposed to play. They put me in this defense I had never played. I was like, why did they draft me? I mean, Jesus, man, if I'm going to draft somebody and I have a defensive scheme, I'm going to put that kid in a scheme that fits my scheme. I'm not just going to draft a guy because he's the best guy on the board. Because that guy may not fit in that round peg. Yeah, you know who my backups were, 49er? You know who my backups were? Cortez Kennedy and Russell Maryland. Those were my backups at the University of Miami. Those were the guys that used to carry my bags when I played at Miami. They were my backups. Russell Maryland and Cortez Kennedy. I recruited Cortez. Yeah. Oh, God, what a great human being. His mom was awesome. I think he's from Texas. I think they're from Texas or Arkansas, something like that. And um, I rec- me and Jerome Brown recruited Cortez, we took him out, man. We had a fun time. What an absolutely great, great, great guy. Unbelievable. Birdman, thank you, bro. That's really awesome of you. Thank you, man. Cortez Kennedy, man, what a great player. Phillips says, Gannon's one and done. (laughs) Right? Hey, guys, please do me a favor. Make sure you hit that like button for me on the way out. Guys have been spectacular. We had Bill Romanowski on with us earlier. You know what's great about Romo, what I love about him? He and I were Connecticut guys, and he and I were Connecticut, like, all state players, you know, back in the day. And we always kind of kept an eye on all the Connecticut guys, you know? Dwight Freeney's a Connecticut guy, too. Hey, I hate to do this to you guys, but Aaron Hernandez is also a Connecticut guy. He actually may be the best football player ever. From Connecticut. He is a good football player, man. Yeah, man. Aaron Hernandez, man. I think his brother made all state too, man. Crazy. Anyway, guys, thank you so much, man. You guys have been spectacular. Till tomorrow, four to six Eastern time. We shall see you on the flip side. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the Fileo fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.